Hey, everyone, and thank you for tuning in again live today. Today is Sunday, May 7th. It is 1 p.m. in the afternoon here on the East Coast. And you are currently watching the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group with me, Jason Leeser. I'll be your host today. And if this live stream is working for you, please drop us a comment. Let us know in the chats. Um, do something to indicate that I'm coming through pretty clearly uh, because sometimes things don't always go as planned. Um, I should be coming through all right, though. So this should be this should be working all right. And welcome to Guy Uchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real-world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into an amazing collection of live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can do what most people do and just search for reinventing the tattoo on Google. It works pretty well. The only thing you won't find by searching reinventing the tattoo on Google is the book. The book is out of print. Um, if you come across a copy, by all means, let me know. I'd love to buy it. Um, I've been searching for another copy for quite a while. So yeah, let me know. But no matter where you are watching, live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information by going to www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. We've got a number of different samples uh, from a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, uh, or you can choose some free advice from Guy about personal goal setting, uh, or you can choose a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, all for free, all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find an event schedule with full weekly and special event live stream details, as well as reinventing the, 20, reinventing the tattoo 24 seven, which is kind of like our Roku channel. It's got 13 different episodes playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can also access a ton of professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists, all available at reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you and you can hear me and I'm coming through clearly, please let me know in the comments and in the chats. And please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's a friend that's a tattoo collector. Maybe it's someone who's interested in getting their first tattoo. Maybe it's someone that wants to become a tattoo artist. Um, tag them all. Send them this way. Uh, you know, even if they've got questions, we'd love to have them on and, you know, maybe discuss some of the things that they're curious about. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into starting on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. And following Sunday's episode, we have a number of different shows on Mondays, the first of which is starting at 9 a.m. every Monday, and that's Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies. Um, it's an absolutely great uh, free video class that you can hop into. 
um, where we go through and we get back to our roots and we start discussing some of those basic drawing techniques and some of the basic strategies and things to look for when we're drawing our tattoos. Uh, there's a lot of great advice that's offered in that show. Uh, I try to join it every chance I get. Uh, once again, that's 9 a.m. Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom. Following that on Mondays at 5 p.m., we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, where we get to go through and discuss how certain things kind of make us feel, which isn't usually that discussed in the tattoo world, but that's a great place to go through and kind of let it out and to really dive into these things. It can really be a great stress relief for a lot of people. And that's 5 p.m. Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple on Monday evenings. And following that, on Mondays at 9 p.m., we have a subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, and that takes place, it's for subscribers only. So unless you are part of the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon or you subscribe to the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course, uh, you can go through and it makes things really engaging because you're in there with a whole bunch of other tattoo artists and we're all trying to achieve the same things. It's a very positive place. We're all there to encourage each other and help each other out. Um, you know, it's a great place to go and to learn and to pick up new skills and to work on some of these fundamental things that maybe we don't get the chance to work on all that often. Following that on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Um, it's always a great time. There's always great topics that get discussed. Um, and it's absolutely awesome. I try to jump in whenever I can. A lot of times I just end up listening to it, but um, it's a great place to go and converse with other tattoo lovers. Would also like to make a couple of mentions. Uh, we've got a couple of special events coming up starting with Sunday, May 21st at 1 p.m., uh, the normal skill building Sunday drawing group will actually be broadcasting live from Hell City. We'll be doing convention coverage. Um, I won't be there, but I will be orchestrating everything on the back end so that everyone gets to see everything. Maybe we can go through and, you know, take a look at certain things that, um, you know, other people might want to see if they were there, but they don't really have the option to because maybe they couldn't travel. Uh, but that will be taking place Sunday, May 21st at 1 p.m. Following that, uh, we will have a live interview with prominent San Diego tattoo artist, Terry Ribera, live on Monday, May 22nd, and that will be at 12 noon. Um, and that's going to be 9 a.m. West Coast time for those of you that would like to uh, tune in for that and ask some live questions. Um, it's going to be an absolutely great opportunity to go through and discuss some things. Terry's been tattooing for a very long time. Uh, he's been a huge influence on me, and I know a lot of other people that are out there. He's got a very unique and distinctive style. Um, we're going to be diving into a lot of his motivation, what he tries to capture, and how he tries to execute those inspirations. Um, that's going to be, once again, that's Monday, May 22nd at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. I'd like to go through and take a second and say a big thank you to some of our sponsors and the people that make this show happen. Starting off with WorldTattooEvents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly keeping everything up to date. As we know, living in this post-pandemic era, 
certain events are still getting rescheduled and moved around like crazy. So if you're looking for the most up-to-date convention and show information coming to a city or a town near you, maybe it's one you want to visit, go to worldtattooevents.com where you can find all of the most up-to-date information about tattoo events worldwide. Would also like to say a big thank you to tattoonow.com, technology for tattooers. This is the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything up to upgraded and updated. They are 100% competitive with any type of CRM or mailing list or scheduling software out there. So if you're looking for the tools to really help take your studio game to another level, or maybe you're trying to really push yourself out there to really recruit some of those clients that you really want to recruit to really get the people through the door that want to get the work that you want to do, tattoonow.com is the best place to go to do that. Um, they are on a whole new level as far as getting people to you in the chair that want to get the work that you want to do. Of course, this wouldn't be reinventing the tattoo without a very personal and professional thank you to Guy Hitchison at GuyHitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind reinventing the tattoo. Go to GuyHitchison.com where you can pick up copies of his Biomech Encyclopedia, some of his tutorial DVDs. I think he even still has a few tattoo foil machines for sale as well as countless fine art prints and occasionally some original paintings, all for sale at guyagesson.com. We'd also like to say a very quick thank you and shout out to one of our affiliates, The Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. Uh, the Apprenticeship Diaries is the perfect place to go to if you're looking to become a tattoo artist. Um, on The Apprenticeship Diaries, you can go through and listen to tons of different interviews with people that have gone through the apprenticeship process that can tell you uh, the best advice you could ever possibly want to know about what it's like to become a tattoo artist, how to get started, what to expect, where to go, how to do things, best practices, things of that nature are all discussed on the Apprenticeship Diaries. Um, and it is absolutely awesome. So highly recommend that. And I'd like to say a very personal thank you and shout out to TATCOM and Aaron Williams, the mad scientist. Uh, the people over at TATCOM are literally paving the way for the next generation of tattoo technology. These guys are looking into the science behind tattooing and developing tools, machines, power supplies, you name it, that can really help take tattooing to a whole new level. Uh, these guys are literally developing the cutting edge equipment of our time. So take a look at TACOM for the most up-to-date and most technologically advanced tattoo equipment on the market. As always, we ask that if you like today's show, go through and post a positive review on the channel. Help us get the word out. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button so that you don't miss another show. Um, and if you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event or become a sponsor of our community, or maybe you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com, where we will be happy to go through and get right back to you just as soon as we can. Sometimes we do get a little busy, so please bear with us. Um, but that is available at management 
at reinventingthetattoo.com. Awesome. Um, and we've got Amber Morgan with us today. Um, she's currently sitting in the waiting room. Welcome, Amber. Let's this go here. This is up running Facebook yet. And we've got Pat Mackey in here with us as well. That's awesome. What I like to see. Uh, let's do this. So I'm pretty sure you guys have um, you guys heard the uh, the announcement about uh, the interview with Terry Rivera. It is yeah. going to be absolutely amazing. In fact, I'm going to share my screen and um, just go through and and show off some of Terry's work real quick. I've literally been following this guy's career for well over a decade, and he is just on a whole new level. I mean, this guy has literally pioneered and developed like an entire unique style when it comes down to illustrative color tattoos. Um, and I can't wait to sit down and pick his brain about certain things. I mean, his use of color is phenomenal. His composition is just incredible. It's bright, it's bold, it's classic. And let's take a look at this whale sleeve. Wow. Like, look at the flow in that. Right. Look at how well that fits the area and fits the arm. Look at how well it, it just looks right. It's not overcomplicated. It's not overly busy. It's very easy and very pleasing to the eye. It flows great with the body. Um, you know, it's absolutely amazing. He does all kinds of large scale work, including some biomech work. Um, and that's one of the things that really attracted me to to Terry's work. Uh, this is just a mock-up sketch. You can see some of his existing uh, work down below that. Um, Terry was telling me that he's actually on a, um, on a kick. He's trying to sketch up and draft one new large-scale back piece or bodysuit sketch per week this year. Damn. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. Now, I know I'm moving pretty quickly through this, but... Um, Go through, take a look at Terry Ribeira right here and uh, give him a like and give him a follow because his stuff is absolutely awesome. Yeah, that stuff is great. Yeah. Yeah, he's been, um, he's been a big influence on me for quite a long time. Just looking at the way he composes things. Um, I know he did a seminar a few years back forget where it was done exactly, but um, he gave a seminar on large scale, uh, like back piece and full sleeve layouts and compositions uh, where he actually utilizes a lot of the same tools that a lot of the great master oil painters were using. Um, mm. And it was like mind blowing. Uh, just looking at like a little snippet of this lecture, right? It was like, oh, 
you can apply that to tattooing. That's pretty awesome, right? Um, if you get the chance, he, every now and then he'll post up a story as he's doing like a large scale mock-up and he's got overlays of like the golden ratio laid out on the body to depict certain flows and where certain elements are going to be located so that you know that they're going to be like in the primary emphasis area. Um, it was mind blowing the first time I saw like a real quick layout of it. Uh, Cause I was like, that's, I never thought about like doing that in that kind of a way. You know what I mean? So yeah. when people do stuff like that, I, I just, I turn into a total nerd about it. Um, but it's, it's phenomenal. Hopefully he shares some of the secrets with us as far as uh, composition goes, which I'll be asking him about, um, you know, where he derives a lot of his uh, inspiration, um, certain elements that he tends to put into things. Uh, I love a lot of his biomech stuff too. It just, you it, literally, it forces your eye to move around the entire thing, no matter how he does it or what he does it with. It's, he's just on another level with that kind of stuff. So I'm really happy to have him on. <laughs> Um, so by all means, if anyone's got any questions, write them down, get them ready. That's coming up on the 22nd at noon. Um, well, noon East Coast time. He's on the West Coast because San Diego, California. Time difference. But yeah, but it's going to be uh, absolutely awesome. And then the Sunday before that, we'll be doing uh, live from Hell City. We actually get a sneak peek at what's going on at Hell City and all of the great art artists that are there. Um, I'm kind of upset that I didn't get into it this year. Otherwise, I'd be there doing live convention coverage. But, um, you know, there's always next year. So hopefully things pan out for next year. No. And certain things like that, you can't ever let them get you down. Like I just found out the other day that I didn't get into the Paris show. Um, and that's fine. Not a problem. I plan on applying every year until I get in. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things sometimes that you just got to kind of stick with and keep at it and things will eventually pan out. Um, you know, sometimes it's helpful to, you know, contact people that run the shows or, you know, get in touch with people that, you know, have been there before and know who to reach out to. Uh, so sometimes it's just what you got to do, but, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is as far as that's concerned. So, yeah. Yeah. How's everyone doing today? Good. Pretty good, dude. Good. Just good. Pretty good, dude. That's good. It's. I mean, it's nice in Florida today, so I'll take it over. Uh, I'm going to be in Milwaukee later in the week, and I know it's not going to be as warm up there. Yeah, no. <laughs> not so at I'm, all I'm, I mean I'm going to look now because now I'm curious but I know it's getting better I mean yeah, honestly today it's the same weather there as it is here today but tomorrow it's going to be like a high 54 no it's actually going to be really nice the whole time I'm there so that's fucking awesome there you that's go up. got lucky this time you did indeed my friend you did indeed So I'm actually just going through, um, let's see if I can share this. 
So I'm, I'm just doodling around. Uh, this is going to be for an appointment later on in the week. Nice. I was working on it uh, a bit earlier. Um, so it should be, should be pretty fun. should be pretty simple and easy to do. Um, I'm a big fan of doing groups with everything. So like I'll have a finalized group that I want to be on the top layer. I'll create that. I also have other layers below that. Um, these are ones that kind of already went through and I messed with the positioning a little bit. Um, but I always like to draw everything in, in full and then like do my layering and get rid of certain parts. Um, so as you can see, like here, I just wanna adjust that over. Making sure all my lines are connected. This is a little Procreate hack, by the way. If you go through and you draw everything to completion on an individual layer, you can then go through and hide that layer. Let's just bring this down a little bit. That way everything's consistent. And then there's certain ways that you can go through and kind of streamline the process by creating reference layers. Um, reference layers are great. It allows you to basically tell Procreate which layers you want to use as like your primary selection source. So if I'm down here and I want to work on this banner, right? Even though I've got these breaks in the banner, because I drew the banner in completion first, I can set that as my reference layer. And now I just want to create another layer I'm going to sketch some of the value on. And I can go through and I'll use automatic selection to go through and select everything. This is going to stay within the confines of that reference layer. But if we look, I'm still on the empty layer that I just created. So this is kind of like a good way to go through and, you know, just kind of practice some stuff uh, as far as, you know, say you want to do a quick little value rendering just to see how it's going to look with, you know, say top-down light source or like maybe a side light source. Maybe you want to, maybe you've got a very picky client that, you know, wants to see everything completely rendered first. Um, and you're like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Um, we do not trust me on these things, but, you know, it's okay. Certain, we're like that. Gotta love it. I don't know. Do you guys encounter any of that kind of stuff? Absolutely. But I typically, I don't know, I feel like I do a pretty good job at selling what I'm trying to sell to people, but I run into it less and less as time goes on. Yeah. Amber, any, uh, any experience dealing with that? I'm still working analog, so I don't have a iPad yet, but I'm enjoying learning what I'm going to be doing once I have one. Well, I, I was talking more along the lines of dealing with clients that want to see a fully rendered version. Oh, yeah. You know, as opposed I to just going to through. render things almost to completion, at least the night before. Which so you... I run into snags with when I go into the shop the next day. But because I'm working analog, I really need to do that to be able to make the changes without having to draw the whole thing over again. Right. Oh, I feel you on that. 
And making changes isn't always easy, but no, you know, it's their skin. Yeah, it's their skin. I, you know, one thing that I keep going back to, and it's something, a little piece of advice I got as, um, as I was coming up in the industry was it may be their skin, but it's your time and value your time. Yeah, that is true. You know, I had uh, one artist sit me down and he's like, dude, for the amount of time that you just spent doing that one thing for that one client where you're not going to be making that much money off of it, he's like, you could easily sit down and draw a full sleeve and sell that to a client and make four times the amount of money. Yeah. Where do you want to put your time? And, you know, it's just food for thought. You know, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be that way. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's the way it should be. But, you know, value your But it's time. a very good point. So what I'll tell people that really want to see it fully rendered, too, is like, well, I do charge for drawing time. So if you're willing to put down the money on that, I can draw it for you first. But I do require a deposit for the appointment at the same time. So how right. far do you want to take this? Because it's also my time and I like to value my time. And that's, that's a great way to do it. And I know a number of different yeah. artists that will do that as well. Yeah, it's made it a lot easier to where it's like, I don't have uh, those frustrating conversations with clients as often. Right. And usually I'm able to get it across really calm and collected where I feel like a lot of artists, um, for some reason, have a hard time doing that. It's very true. Very, very true. You know, time is money. You know, time is not just money, though. Time is something that we can't ever get back. Yeah, yeah and it's all, it's, it could also be amounted into happiness, too, because I could be chilling with my dog instead of drawing their tattoo that they're not yeah. even going to get. Right? Mm-hmm. And who doesn't love a little bit of puppy love time? Seriously. Absolutely. I kind of miss having a dog. Well, I mean, I don't have a dog, but I have a cat. And she's been super evil lately. So, <laughs> like, and literally, she's usually fine. She's usually fine. But it, lately, it's just been like, you know, she sees that I'm trying to sleep and she's like, nah. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you up. Yeah, my cat just started waking me up at 4, 4.30 in the morning by yowling at night. Ooh. Yeah, it's got to be that but, time of year, man. Oh, uh, it's spring. Yeah. I used to have a cat who knew exactly where to stand on the steps to make her meow echo through the entire house. Really? And she would do it at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's no good. It's cats for you, though. Yeah, they will. If there's a way to annoy you, they will find it. Oh, they will until they get what they want. They're like, oh, I want some food. What time is it? Who cares? They're in my house. Right? Human. I think we owe our evolution to cats. 
<laughs> we do. Well, we owe a lot of our patience to cats. Yes. You know, and it's something that you can almost immediately tell. If you run into someone and you know they're a very, very patient and understanding person, it's like you probably have a cat, right? You know, because you have these animals in general, even. Well, true, true. Yeah, anyone that's got that level of patience probably also trained a puppy at some point in time. Um, Yeah. I think cats and dogs realized we had thumbs and they didn't. Yep. So they contributed to our evolution so we could take care of them. They also saw that. Definitely nailed that. They also saw that every single one of us have like invisible ink that says sucker on our foreheads. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. They've got an entire feline conspiracy out there. I'm I'm sure of it. Oh, I'm sure. Let's do this. I'm just doing a quick little value mock-up for this guy. It's coming in Thursday. Should probably be working on my Mother's Day gift, but got a little bit of time later for that to finish that up. Made my mom in uh, an oil painting. So it should be dry by Mother's Day, as long as I can get this next glaze on it. Uh, today should be just fine. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I haven't made her a painting in a few years. And in all honesty, the ones that I made her before weren't exactly the best. So... Time for an update. You just reminded me I'm supposed to paint something for the guy. I'm going to be guest spotting at a shop in Milwaukee. And I asked him what he wanted. He said, just give me a tip. So I'm going to give him a painting. And I have not started it yet. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. but I'm going to keep working on this because I'm actually motivated to do this right now. This was like one that I thought I was done, but then I realized I was working on the whole thing with a dry water brush. And uh, then I looked at it and I was like, that thing is fucking flat. So I've like gone through and revamped like three quarters of it most of the way. And I'm going to go through and like punch up the contrast where it needs to be and add little fine details here and there. But right now I'm just like smoothing out gradients and getting basic texture i was gonna say man that's coming along really nicely i love that that red in the background man really helps set it off thank you yeah yeah i think i'm i think i'm gonna try and darken some of the uh little glowy eye tree theming of bobbers okay give it a little bit more depth into it so it's not just like yellow, orange, bright-ass red. have, like, a little bit of a darker red or something right there. Kind of like this type of guy. I was going to say, have you ever thought about, since I know you do a lot of those, like, long, smooth gradients in the background, have you ever considered going through with, like, a different complementary color in the foreground for some of those tiny little accents? I did not 
really throw that up at all when I was doing this. I was kind of like, I'm going to use warm colors. Warm colors are cool. Well, warm um, colors are warm. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I had very, to. I had to. I knew what you meant. A, I knew what you meant, but like. It took a second. I'm going to go drown myself in my toilet real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that would be actually pretty cool. Even like doing some teals in here, like going over it and doing teals instead of the reds inside of the little glowy Thenema bobbers. Oh, I was thinking like a vibrant, like forest green, like a bluish green to help contrast it. You know, because yeah, you've got a lot like, of those real deep reds and bright reds in the background. Throw yeah. like a, a vibrant, like for like a cooler forest green in there with maybe some lime green hints. Oh, yeah. Around these yeah. type of colors. Bingo. Because, yeah. I mean, I love those colors, dude. They are just immaculate together. I think that's a great idea. I should probably actually just do that. Because I well, think it'll make it pop so much more, too. It will. It's definitely going to make it stand out. Um, yeah. You know, and I love doing that with, like, crazy, wild, wacky colors. And colors that yeah. you might not ever actually even think would go together. Like, yeah. royal blue and hot pink. Like, you want to talk no, about... I can see that being bright, great, super contrasted. So, I was actually working on uh, something last week. I didn't get to finish it all up, but yeah, like bright blue and hot pink. That looks awesome. Yeah, just as like a quick little doodle sketch. Not too bad. You know, it's obviously if I really wanted to, I would have a lot more work to do in it. Um, you know, all the way down to like, you know, some tight little highlights and stuff like that. But I mean, the color contrast is there. You've got a lot of very warmer blues, which I know is kind of like an oxymoron, right? Because blue is a cool color by nature, but within every color, you have warm and cool variants of it. Yeah. Um, you know, like green, for example. Green can be very, very cool or it can be very, very warm. Um, you know, orange. Orange is pretty much always Yellows can be cool or warm, right? Reds can be cool or warm. Cool, cool reds would be more like your alizarin crimsons. Um, anything with like a little bit more borderline violet to it, right? Purples, once again, very warm, more red-based violet, or very cool, very blue-based violet. Um, you know, so you can go through and see warms and cools with almost anything. Cooler orange is actually more or less just a muted orange. Because I'm a firm believer that orange is actually the warmest color on the color wheel. Mm. Uh, because if you look at yellows, right, yellows and pinks, you know, for example, pinks can be very, very cool. You know, hot pinks, uh, magentas, stuff like that, where you can almost see like a purplish tint to them. Absolutely cool tone, hands down. Um, yellows, for example, if you get into a very, very vibrant, very bright neon yellow, it almost has a little tint of green to it. That's going to make it a little bit more on the cool side, you know, so you can get warm and cool tones out of any color. It depends on what kind of a level you're working at. So for this one, I wanted to go with warm blues and teals, and then like a cooler pink on the interior. 
uh, I thought that would really jump out and really contrast really, really well. And I tried to keep everything pretty well saturated. I'd be going through if I really wanted to finish this off and muting down all of these greens. Um, I build everything up in layers. So for me, it's like, you know, oh, well, I don't like that green. Cool. I get rid of that green. You know, um, I don't like that pink. Cool. I get rid of the pink. You know, or the teals or the blues or whatever. So I always do things on layers for that reason. Kind of like I would if I was working on uh, working with tracing paper, doing a colored pencil rendering. Mm. You can go through because those uh, layers are translucent. You can layer them one on top of each other. Um, and it works pretty well. A lot of people used to do that a lot with uh, vellum, uh, clear vellum. Yeah. Uh, you can get the same thing or working with transparency layers. You know, I was trying when I did that, I was trying to come up with a contrast to this guy that I came up with a couple of weeks ago where I've got a lot of very warm reds. Right. I love that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I posted Looks like this it's up glowing, dude. I within love it. Three hours. I had someone hit me up and they were like, yo, I want to get that tattooed. When can I come in? And I was like, oh, That's damn. Awesome. All right. Nice. Yeah, that thing is sick. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I threw it together in like three hours. Um, I was just doing it as like a fun little doodle to keep myself occupied because we all know idle hands, not good. Um, mm. And I was like, let's play with it. See what we can come up. Um, and sketched it all up. And it's actually, I think I have the video. Somewhere. Yeah, just sketching things out, just doodling, playing around with it. Decided to re redraw it and start with a couple of different things, sketching and refining as I go. That's when I started yeah, playing around with the teal. Reds and teals are like my favorite like, color combo. Oh, that's pretty dope. I love it. Let's do more of that. You know, just started going through for the, the highlights on the red rose. I'm probably going to end up using something like a peach tone to mix in with it. Yeah. Now, now I'm just kind of tweaking some things, adding some drop shadows and backsplashes and refining some of those highlights a little bit more. Till I get to the end. It's beautiful. Yeah, I was just, like I said, it was a quick little doodle. It wasn't anything crazy. And I was like, let's just see what happens. And um, it ended up going over pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. If all goes well, I get to start this guy pretty soon. Oh, cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that on my coworkers' knee. Um, which is uh, super rad and I can't wait to do it because we're going to position the actual kneecap by the mouth so that as she bends her knee, the mouth is going to open. That's awesome. That's so yeah. cool. Stuff like that's awesome. I mean, the top of the head's probably going to get cut off a little bit just because of some of her existing tattoos. But, you know, once again, just playing with muted colors, bright colors in the eyes. 
you know, I was thinking about giving them like some jewel strands coming down. I thought that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some blood or something like that. But I thought that would take away from the aesthetic since we really just want to focus on keeping it simplified. But yeah, you know, it's little stuff like that, that it's all fun. I'm so glad I never have to get my knees tattooed ever again. I got both of mine done and I'm so fucking happy it's done. See, I didn't think my knees were that bad. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I've I've got a lot of work into mine. There's like a partial cover up too. I had like these this big font underneath both of my knees. And I thought I was gonna have to like become a fan of a black flag or something to cover them up. Ah. Uh they were probably like three inches tall and then like side to side under my knees. Well, it's one thing, and I've seen and done this with a lot of different people. And it's something that I completely and totally subscribe to. Um, and I've seen it used on me as well. A lot of times the most successful cover-ups that I've seen don't necessarily involve a ton of solid black. Uh, because even at those points, you can still kind of make it out because if it's not like perfectly, perfectly dark and saturated, then you're still going to be able to tell that something's underneath. But a lot of times, if you do it right and you break the image up, right, by using a lot of counterflow lines, um, a lot of intricate lines that pull your eye away from that central existing tattoo, that's going to make for a far more effective cover-up than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, we have like dead bodies and skulls over them. So we ended up just like blending it into texture and everything. But I mean, after both of them being done, it's like right around 90 hours. Oh, geez. That's a lot of time. Yeah, that's why I'm glad. That's why I'm glad to be like, yeah, I'm just done. He's like, I want to do another hour or two. I'm like, I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, congratulations. (laughs) That's cool. You should have done it last time, bro. It's like, nope, your time has expired on this uh, this piece. Um, where it is now is where it's going to stay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, just... I'm sure I'm not the only artist out there that has this philosophy, but any tattoo I have ever done, I can always go back into it because there are oh, always yeah. things I want to tweak and change and like, you know, maybe go over this and refine this a little bit more, maybe do a little bit more on that. There's always stuff I want to change and tweak on like everything that I've ever done. So I kind of have to like get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm maybe even though I'm not like super happy with it right now, I know it's at a passable level. So it's like, okay, I'll move on to the next project now. Yeah. I don't like being that way, but otherwise number one, most people don't want to pay for the amount of time that I'm going to put into it because it's like, cool. So you're done for today, but like you may think it's done, but I still want to go back into it for like another 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. So and people sure are like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute here. 
it's like, yeah, so we're done the first, you know, 24 hours in this tiny tattoo. So, you know, maybe 12 to 48 more hours to go. Just, just we'll so that I at. can be happy. And yeah, we'll and, then even, and even at the end of that next one, it's like, cool. So we're going to book you down for another full day session just to You're tweak like, this right. tiny little tattoo. You're like, all right, now I'm going to do another two hours worth of work. Turns into six. <laughs> Isn't that the way it always goes? Yeah. Mm. Oh, this tattoo will only take me three hours. Yeah. Eight hours later. And you're like, okay, I think we're done. I think. <laughs> but I'd still like Maybe. to schedule you for a follow up anyway. Yeah. And it's crazy being in Destin. I like don't really get to do that because all the people coming through are tourists where I can't really like follow up with somebody from Arkansas when I'm down in Florida. Well, that's true. That's true. And if you're working in a very touristy area, you kind of have to sit down and be on point and just say, okay, we're going to do it to this level and that's going to be done. And if I see you again, I see you again. Yeah, so yep. there was actually one tattoo that is like that. He came in, really, really cool guy. Um, he This would be the second year that he's getting tattooed by me because they come down once a year. And he comes in, he's super, super sunburned. He has this big wizard from the 80s on his arm. And we do this massive moose cover-up. And I got to see it not this last Saturday, but the Saturday before, and it healed like absolute fucking garbage because of the sunburn. Oh. And uh, he was like, yeah, I need a yeah. little touch-up. And I was like, that's cool. I was like, by looking at it, dude, like this is like at least three hours, if not a whole day worth of work just in itself because of that very fun sunburn you had. He's like, oh. So he ended up getting a new tattoo instead. Oh, well, He's like, I'm going to be moving in July to Chattanooga. And he was like, man, I'll just take a trip over to Chattanooga and see you. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I'll be happy to see you. Absolutely, man. I love it when you've got clients that are like, oh, yeah, I'll just come visit you out there whenever. And it's like, uh, okay, yes, that, do that. And that's, I guess, kind of the cool thing about being in the tourist town, too, is we get all these people from these different areas, and I like to travel and fucking guest spot and do all this other shit. So if I can get one or two people every time that I go to town, dude, like, that makes it worthwhile, typically. Absolutely. You know, and that's a way that you can really start building more of a nationally recognized brand. It's a way that you can really help get your name out there. Um, you know, I've had people in the past ask me like, dude, why do you do so many shows? Why are you always traveling? You know, why, why do that as opposed to, you know, just staying in one area and just really focusing on the clients in that area. And it's like, because number one, I work in a very saturated tattoo area. I mean, and I'm surrounded by people that are at an insane level of talent. Um, you know, for example, just to give you guys an idea, within 30 minutes of me, I have Rich Ren, Neo Trad, and like spooky witchy stuff. Ian Chapin, one of the best traditional tattooers I think I've ever met. Um, in my opinion, he's right up there with Mike Chambers, like if not, you know, completely and totally paralleling his work. Uh, super clean, super bold stuff, absolutely phenomenal human being. Uh, 
a little bit further out, you've got um, all of the guys over at Seance Tattoo, such as Paul Acker, right? Within an hour's drive, you have Shane O'Neill for black and gray color portraits. You've got Seth Mushrush, although he's more like a half hour away. But, you know, you've got all of these phenomenal tattoo artists within, you know, a 30-minute drive. It's pretty saturated. Um, not that I'm opposed to that. Not that, you know, I don't like that aspect because it makes me push myself harder. Because it's like, well, you know, if I want to get any clients around here, I really have to step my game up. You know, so it does kind of push me on that level. But at the same time, a lot of people tend to be very loyal to their tattoo artists. And yes. that that's not an easy thing to do is, you know, go through, especially if you've got someone that wants to get a piece done that usually goes to so-and-so over here that does amazing work. And now they want you to put a piece right next to that. And it can be a little intimidating and a little frustrating. Sometimes. I could totally see that. Cause I feel like I'm always in competition with tattoos that are on the person's body, just like as a little friendly competition thing for myself. Right. Yeah. You know, but people, because there are so many tattoo artists in the, state of Pennsylvania and especially in the Philadelphia and surrounding suburban area, it's tough to like really get a lot of clients through the door unless you're out there pushing yourself and advertising all over the place and stuff like that. Where if I go to somewhere like West Virginia, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, anywhere like that, I'm the new guy. People want to get tattooed by the new guy because it's something different that they haven't seen in that area. You know? Especially if you bring something to that area that people aren't used to, then yeah. it's like, okay, cool. Here's a whole new market for me. Not just that, but every now and then you get awesome clients that will literally travel to wherever you are to get tattooed. I've had people yeah, drive up from Maryland. I've had people come out from Harrisburg. Um, I've had people fly up from Florida to get tattooed. Oh yeah. You know, and I, I love that. Yeah. That's a good feeling, dude. When people are like, all right, you're going to be in this place or I'll just come to you. Cool. Fuck it. We'll just make this really simple. Yeah. Like my buddy, Dan, he lives down in, uh, Orlando and every now and then he'll fly up and, you know, he'll be like, yo dude, I'm going to be in town for like a long weekend. Want to do some more work on me? And, you know, inevitably it's like a, a Sunday or a Monday. I'm like, dude, I'll get you in on one of my off days since I already got a pretty busy book for that weekend. Like, but I will make the time for you if you're traveling up here and you want to get tattooed. I just tattooed someone yesterday from California. Um, I nice. mean, they didn't come out just to get tattooed. They were out visiting family they wanted a tiny little spontaneous walk-in tattoo, uh, but they had gotten my name from one of my previous coworkers and, um, you know, called the studio and specifically asked for me. And I found a little like 45 minute window of time to get them in for a small little walk-in and, you know, tattooed them. And now they want to come back and get more work. So it's kind of why I'm, 
I've never really understood people that go like strictly appointment only. I'll do appointment only, but I will always make sure that I leave time for walk-ins and I'll always leave a tiny little window to pick something up if I need to. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but. I like the interaction with clients. That's like, I'm a, I'm pretty social when I'm working, you know, I like relating with people and hearing their story and all that. And that's something that I feel like you can also miss out on if you're just doing appointment only because you don't get these random ass people coming through mm -hmm. all the time, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, I still try to keep pretty busy with as many appointments as I can, but I always try to make sure that I leave myself a little bit of a gap just for situations like yesterday. Um, you know, it was a, a great experience, a great time. Um, and I made a new client. So, you know, by finding those little gaps of time, you know, even if it's okay, well, I usually give myself an hour for lunch, but I'm usually done eating within 30 minutes. That gives me 30 minutes to take a tiny little walk in. You know, if someone calls up and requests me, awesome, great. I'll get them in in that window of time. And then that way everyone's happy at the end of the day. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to the appointment. Sorry, what was that, Amber? In my shop, the mentors are, you know, the tattoo artists are appointment only, and us apprentices get the walk ins. And you know what? That's the best way to build your clientele. Do yeah. every walk in you can. You know, I was having this discussion with um, an apprentice the other day, and they were like, you know, it's, you know, doing all the walk-in stuff, it's like all the little stuff that like, I don't really want to do. I want to do more. I forget what they were doing. Like, um, like large Neo trad half sleeves and stuff like that. And I was like, how long have you been tattooing? Mm. Oh, okay. So you're, you're less than five years in. Okay. Yeah. How many hours worth of tattooing do you have under your belt? Mm. Okay. Okay, cool. So um, technically, you're still getting the technique down. You should be doing all of the little walk-in stuff because that's time for you to practice technique. And if you can't master yes. technique, how are you going to master these bigger tattoos? Absolutely. You know, if, if you're still, it might not be what you want to do, but you try to find the value and the joy in doing everything. I know some people that hate Celtic knotwork. I'll do it all day long. I love that because for me, that's practice on every single line that I pull. You know what I mean? Like following those lines, getting that composition right, making it look awesome. That's a chance for me to go through and practice line work if there's a ton of lines in it. Um, you know, doing small little lettering stuff, great. There's a practice for lettering. You know, doing, you know, small little black and gray flowers and stuff like that or tiny little leaves oh there's fine line work practice you know and that's just going to help my technique throughout the ages so i'm i'm a huge advocate of you know learning learning your foundations first you might want to do nothing but black and gray realism cool but if you can't pull a solid, straight, clean, consistent line, you know, is it really going to be worth it? 
Because anytime you get anything in there with a hard edge and you got to put a line in, well, maybe it doesn't turn out so great. I don't know. My two cents, my opinion. Call it what it is, but that's kind of my own personal philosophy on things. But yeah, traveling, man, get your name out there. Build that brand. Pick up that knowledge from different places if you can. Now you Absolutely. get you get people from different areas of the country and different areas of the world that have different knowledge. You know, and you can't ever learn too much in this industry. Like I am a perpetual eternal student. I will go through and I will learn. I can find something to learn from anyone. It doesn't matter if you learned how to tattoo in jail, right? Using a sharpened staple. Cool. I'll learn something from your technique, from what you need. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you were brought up in the old school ways of doing things where, you know, you solder your own needles and, you know, you run your machines so hard and so crazy that those tattoos don't have a chance but to stay in your skin, even though they might be blown out, even though it might cause excess pain, you know, sometimes excess scarring, whatever. I can find some, some positive key takeaway from that, you know. Whether it's something to do or not to do, there's always something to be taken away from and learned from every tattoo artist that you meet. Absolutely. Maybe it's work ethic. Maybe it's little tricks on how to render certain things. You never really know because we all have different knowledges and skill sets. So I always try to emphasize to everyone I meet Learn more, travel, get out there, see different stuff, understand that the world is bigger than what you know, and take something away from it every single time. Absolutely, man. I would not be where I am today without all the traveling that I've done, for sure. It's opened my eyes to so many different things. And like you said, you can take away anything, even if it's something where you're like, all right, cool, not doing that. Right. Yeah, like one of my uh, most profound moments, I was at a um, tattoo convention in Baltimore many years ago, and I remember working across the aisle from this guy and looking at his stuff, and it was super dope, like crazy, sick, clean, neo-trad stuff, and it was amazing, and he was getting these super weird, unique, crazy colors, and I just remember going over and watching him and I was astounded and he was mixing uh, like a peach tone into every single color he was using. And I was like, peach and green? What does that look like? And it turned out to look like this very faded kind of like dollar bill faded money color. And it was just super different. But because he mixed that into every color, every color kind of fed off of each other and balanced each other out. And it was just like mind blowing at the time, you know, little stuff like that on, if you use, you know, X, Y, and Z to mix with, say you use peach with red, right? You get a very unique kind of tangerine, orangey, pinkish color. Right? And it's great. Loved using that trick for red roses because you get these highlights that aren't white highlights, 
they're still saturated with color, but they're not pure white. So you can still reserve your pure white for later on, right? And it's not going to completely wash out the tattoo and it's not going to like fade the color out from like solid red to maybe kind of a pink, but not really a pink because it's just basically a washed out red. Um, so it, it gives you that chance to like really transition really, really well. You know, but little stuff like that or going to the London show, man, that was an eye opener for sure. Back when that was around. Yeah, that, that was like. That was mind blowing. That made me look at everything I was doing on a completely different level in a completely different way. You know, getting to sit down and watch guys that I really admired, like Dean Sacred from Auckland, New Zealand. Watching him tattoo was like mesmerizing. Um, not that he was doing anything super different, but just the way he approached each tattoo with, you know, size, shape, form, color, everything like that was just amazing. You know, I had never seen someone tattoo, you know, using that kind of a methodology before. Um, you know, and it was, it, it was astounding. You know, getting to watch guys like, you know, Philip Liu tattoos, like, insane. Um, sure. You know, so there's certain experiences that you can only really truly get if you travel. You can hear about them. You can learn about them. I can sit down and tell you stories all day long. But for you to actually go and see in person what's going on is like... It's amazing, you know, watching Orient Ching. And if you guys don't know who that is, go and look them up on Instagram. That is their Instagram name, Orient Ching, um, C-H-I-N-G, if I remember the spelling correctly. I watched this guy knock out a half sleeve in full color from elbow to the top of the deltoid and over onto a chest plate from start to finish in four hours flat. Whoa. Four hours. And the guy had a completed half sleeve onto a chest plate. And I was like, what did I just see? What did I just witness? Mm. Right? Is this dude like superhuman? Like what what is different? How how is he doing that so efficiently? How is he creating and covering such a volume of area? in such a crazy amount of time, right? But that's something that you would only really see or only really get to see if you made that effort and you made that travel. Um, you know, ironically speaking, I think it was a year or two after I saw that, I was working at a tattoo convention out in Dublin, Ireland. And um, I, I had this guy come up to my booth and, uh, you know, he had some tattoos on him and they were all really nice black and gray, like Japanese style stuff. And I was like, oh, who, who did your other work? Um, you know, and the one guy wanted to sit down and get like a little Hanya mask tattooed. And uh, he's like, oh, uh, Ching, Orient Ching. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I can't put my work next to his. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy because I don't know what he's got planned for the rest of your arm. 
And I don't want to go through and jeopardize that space for something he might have planned later on. You know, because that's the way a lot of those guys work. It's like, oh, cool. You want a half sleeve? Cool. We'll do a half sleeve on you now, but you're eventually going to want to come back in and get that full sleeve. And they know that and they plan. Right. And it's like, I wouldn't want to be the person that would interrupt that. That would have them turn around and say, oh, okay, so let's see what we can do with this now, because I wasn't expecting to have to do a cover up or expecting to have to, you know, work, work around. around. Exactly. So I told him, I was like, listen, if you can get in touch with him today, and he tells you flat out that he has no other plans for that portion of your arm, I'll happily tattoo you, man. I would be honored. But I, until I know that for sure, just as a rule of ethics, like I, I don't want to jeopardize that for him. And uh, the dude was understanding too. He was totally cool with it. He's like, no, I, I appreciate that. I didn't look at it from that perspective. And I was like, but if you get the okay from him, you come right on back and I will be more than happy to tattoo you. I will tattoo you for the rest of the day. I don't care. Um, you know, but that's kind of the way things go. So sometimes you just got to have to, you know, look at mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it was a very interesting kind of run in with this guy out in Ireland that had work from it because it's very distinctive. It's like seeing a Philip Blue bodysuit, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, Philip Blue did that. And there's no getting wrong. Yeah, I, ironically. The sharp style is very distinctive. Exactly. It's got that very illustrative kind of uh, example of lines, edges, solid, bold color. Uh, mm -hmm. I love the narrative that she weaves into everything um, because yeah. she really does, you know, and I've gotten to watch her work before and that was awesome. I uh, love her work. I know she takes a lot of influence from Curtis Burgess as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't know who Curtis Burgess is for anyone that's watching, go look him up. Do yourself a favor. The dude is just, he operates on a whole different level. Like it, it's beyond words. Um, phenomenal tattoo artist, phenomenal fine artist, uh, you know, definitely incorporates all of the aspects of fine art that you could ever imagine. You know, maybe someone that I might be able to get on here for an interview. Who knows? Um, maybe I'll reach out to him this coming week. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That would um, be cool. That would be awesome. Uh, but you know, it's like, we'll see what happens. I'll reach out. I'll say hi and we'll see where things go. I can't make any promises or guarantees, but that would definitely be one for the books for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, you never know until you go and you meet these people and you go and you watch. Well, that's why I try to encourage everyone to travel as often as you can. Now, financially speaking, do it. If you can afford to do it, do it. It's only going to be beneficial for you later on. Yeah, I'm actually really upset. I, I had to miss Gods of Ink this past year. Um, it was very disappointing. 
but it is what it is. You know, I will see what happens with next year. Maybe I'll head out there for that. Um, since I'm officially not doing Paris this coming year, which if anyone knows the organizers of that show and you want to put in a word for me, I'd be happy to hear that. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. It's cool. I can wait, but I'm, that is a goal of mine. I've set that as a goal is to work at that show. And eventually I would like to work myself hard enough and achieve something significant enough to be invited out to work at the gods of Night show. I think that would be like, that's my ultimate goal because to me, that's the world cup of tattoo, right? That is literally everyone like the top of the top, you know, the top 3% of tattooers in the world get that invitation. Yeah, that show looks absolutely insane. It is. It does. That's one of those shows that you literally can't get a bad tattoo. Period. End of story. You know, there's no way around it. You cannot leave that show. If you're getting tattooed at that show, you will not leave with any bad tattoo. I will personally guarantee that. Because those are people literally leading the field in whatever styles they do. Yeah, I just kind of wish that there was, um, and I'm not saying that the people that work at, you know, any other convention out there or, you know, schmucks or anything like that, but, um, you know, Gods of Ink literally curates their program and their show to make sure that it literally has the best of the best. So highly recommend it if you guys get the chance to ever head out there and go to that show, take a look. I mean, you do see some overlap with certain conventions and shows that are out there. Um, certain people form friendships and bonds with people that they meet at those shows. You know, as we all do whenever we work at a convention or a show, we end up making new friends. It happens. Happens every time, uh, unless you are a complete and total recluse and you just don't want to socialize with anyone, you're going to make new friends at a tattoo convention. It's going to happen. Um, those friendships can, you know, translate into, oh, well, I'm at so-and-so at this show and they decided to host their own show so, you know, I got invited to that one and now I'm going to head out to this other place that I didn't ever think I was going to be going to, but it's going to be a fun time. You know, so sometimes it can be beneficial. I love going to tattoo conventions just as a spectator. I've had this discussion with a lot of people in the past, um, most significantly with uh, Medusa. Um, she was talking about her adventures at Evergreen this past year and the Evergreen Invitational. And she's like, I absolutely love that show. And I was so happy I got to go and just like walk around and be an attendee at it because it, I, it's something that when you work at a lot of these conventions, you're in the booth. You're there. You're taking walk-ups. You're doing tattoos. You're trying to get your name out there. You know, even if you're not taking walk-ups, 
you're there tattooing. You've got appointments. Yeah. You, your job is to go through and at least make your money back and break even. Um, granted, I also live by the philosophy that if you can't afford to take a total write-off on the show, you should not work it. Uh, that's just financial common sense. Um, but, you know, it comes down to, you know, if you're working at a show, it's a very different vibe than if you're there just attending. So Yeah, sometimes attending it is much more fun. It can be, absolutely. I Not that tattooing isn't that. fun. I love tattooing. But I get so inspired by seeing everybody else's work. So the one, the one way that I've been able to do both at a convention, and I'm very kind of like strict with this, I always reserve myself, even if it's just an hour or two a day, um, I always try to reserve time to just get out and walk and meet people and say hi and watch people work that I really admire. You know, I'll hunt people down. If I have to find a map and find someone's booth, I will, but I will hunt people down and I will make sure that I go and I watch them for at least a little bit and introduce myself. Because if I don't do that and I literally stay behind my booth the entire time, I'm not going to have fun. Yeah. And you don't get to learn anything new. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why we go to these shows is to learn. So once again, that's all just my two cents. You know, take it or leave it. Some people might agree. Some people might not. That's just kind of the way that I see things. Yeah, I've got a... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I got all distracted because... I have a bunch of um, things that I've collected in either train yards or abandoned buildings. And that's what I want to do my painting on for this guy. Okay. And I ended up finding this old sign that is at a switch inside of a. Oh, sick. So that's awesome. up, it has like the little holes at the bottom. So I think I'm going to do lettering like this way. Cause oh, then nice, it could be dude. like put up like that. That's Hell a yeah. cool idea. Because I'll end up keeping, I mean, I got, I just got a bunch of my old stuff from Arizona recently, and I have cool signs like this one even, which I've never seen anywhere else, just like this card contains Beck Malt, or I have Moravian Walt or Meat Walt ones, or Wheat Malt ones. Interesting. That's cool. Um, I got a bunch of like railroad paperwork and old signs. And then I got like puke bags from a fucking uh, Canadian passenger train system. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like cool stuff to like throw in and be like, hey, look, this is something you probably didn't even know existed. Yeah, I can honestly say I, that uh, a barf bag from a Canadian train system is not something that I would have ever honestly yeah. contemplated existed yeah i got the big union pacific uh sticker 
I can't think of Ooh. the word right now. Oh, um, nice. That might actually be got, worth some money. Nah, I don't think so. I think you buy them on eBay for like nothing. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I can all put together for them. Yeah, I always like to tip people in um, original artwork, if at all possible. Um, you know, if I've got something laying around that, you know, I think they might enjoy or they might like or something like that, something that I'm not afraid to like miss or, you know, give away, then I'll tip in original artwork, uh, you know, on top of obviously monetary, but, um, yeah. but, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I'd rather give them a piece of me as well as, you know, obviously financial compensation. Um, yes. That way they can be like, oh, that dude, that dude's blowing up. Oh, I got an original painting from him from back in the day. Maybe it's worth something now. <laughs> and it's probably one of those paintings that like I turn around and I'm just like, yeah, please don't ever show that to anyone. Let me do a new one for you because I can do much better than that now. <laughs> My grandmother has all my paintings from when I was in school and a teenager and stuff. And every once in a while, she'll bring them out and I'll look at them and I'll be like, oh, my God. Can't believe I thought I was an artist. Yeah, right. We all have stuff like that. I've got uh, framed paintings over at my parents' house in Florida that are you know, ages old that I'm just like, please don't hang that up. Please don't do that to me. But, you know, it's like that's that's one of the ways that we can really see our progress and see how much mm -hmm. our hard work is paying off. You know, when you really get to that point where you want to see how much progress you've made, a lot of stuff that you did years ago, you would be shocked at how much progress you can make in a very short period of time. If you just stick with it and if you're disciplined with it. But I think that's what a lot of it comes down to is just discipline. Yes. But, you know, hang on to that stuff. Hang on to some older stuff. Um, you know, obviously, as you learn more, cycle it out with better stuff that you produce. But hang on to it, you know? Yeah, I no, hang no a lot of my sketches and just my doodles on the wall. And every six months, I change them out. Yeah. It's a good way to be. It's a good way to do it. I think I'm getting to the point where I could probably send this guy this rendering and just see what he thinks. And just like a couple of weeks ago, I am probably going to cut this session short just because I have to mow the lawn today. And that is not going to be a fun time. Is it at least a nice day to do it? Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous here. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, after I mean, all that rain we had, I'm not surprised you need to mow the lawn. Yeah. Yeah, we got doused earlier in the week, and that was just... It was torrential. Yeah, in certain parts, it absolutely was. 
you know, and I just remember as I was watching the rain the one night, just sitting back and thinking to myself, damn it, I just cut the lawn. Now it's going <laughs> to grow and I got to do it again. Yeah. You know, and I started thinking to myself for like a fleeting moment. I was like, wonder what it would take to just cover my existing grass yard in like pebbles or like, you know, something like that, like at the beach. So people don't have to mow the lawn, you know, yeah. like in I Arizona. Like, yeah. I like just do a bunch of rocks out front. <laughs> Absolutely. You just have like a little rock garden or something. And then I was like, yeah, that, yeah. Um, no, that wouldn't fly. Township would probably have a fit with that. Probably. Hey, I'd, I'd also have to cut down the like 18 trees in my yard. That wouldn't be fun. That would that would get a little expensive. Yeah. The town I live in is bordered by a lake, and then we're also on the river. Gotcha. So with all that rain we had, the entire town is just squishy mud. Ooh, that the river doesn't and the lake, sound fun. Yeah, the river and the lake are both really high right now. Even at low tide. Oh, wow. So we're all kinds of squishy. Yeah, not a fan. Not, not a big fan of that, to be honest with you. Like, if I'm walking on solid land, I want it to be solid land. I don't want it to be like swampy marsh. Yeah. Unless I know I'm going to be in swampy marsh, in that case, fine, whatever. But like, otherwise... I want to have solid footing. Yeah. Uh, and my yard is kind of at the bottom. It's like a little mini valley. Oh, you're on the, the down part? On either side of me or higher. You're, you're at the bottom part of a hill? Yeah. With a marsh behind me. Ooh. That does not sound fun. The wisteria and the mulberry tree are loving it. Oh, I bet they are. But I can't let my grandkids go out and play or there's mud all over the house. Yep, that will do it. I think I'm going to finish this up in just a second. throw some rough shading in here, smooth it out. So obviously, if anyone's around on the 22nd, highly recommend you tune in for the live interview with Terry Rivera uh, from Remington Tattoo in San Diego. It's going to be an awesome interview. I'm working on some oh, questions on now. So should be a great time. Um, if anyone has any questions they would like for me to ask or anything they would like for me to address, by all means, shoot me a DM. You can find my Instagram handle in the upper corner. 
um, I will be happy to go through and ask questions. Or you can always ask them live via YouTube chat, um, you know, because this will be broadcast live on YouTube. I should be going through to meet with him tomorrow to create like a little teaser video. Uh, so that'll be cool. Uh, get to go through and talk to him a little bit about the format and uh, go over some things with him before we uh, actually record like the teaser. So it'll be a good, fun, awesome time. I think I, oh, nope, missed the leaf. There's value. Step that. Good enough. And it's just about time for me to go outside and mow the lawn. So let me Hell switch yeah. my camera back today. There we go. Um, before we did go, I did want to say a very special thank you uh, to my significant other, Kate. Um, she has been an absolute help lately, just helping me get some stuff organized and together. Um, without her, I would not be quite as organized as I am to do these kinds of things. So thank you very much. Um, I owe you dinner, by the way, so I'll take you out soon. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to go through and start giving some sign-offs, um, I'd be happy to do that. I don't know who, wanna start, who wants to start first. I'll just do it. Okay. And you're my on. My name's Pat Mackey. You can catch me on Instagram at Brogan Tattoos or my website, which is also brogantattoos.com, which is B-R-O-G-A-N-T-A-T-T-O-O-S. Awesome. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us today. Uh, it's always great having you on here. And um, always love yeah, in. don't know if you're going to be uh, joining us next week or not, but uh, if you will, I'd love to see the progress that you make on that because that is turning out absolutely amazing. Thank you, man. I'm uh, pretty pumped on. Let me move this off my lap. Oh, yeah, dude. Look at that. Man, that is so good. Thank you. That is awesome. That Thank is you. absolutely awesome. Love the texture. Mm -hmm. I, oh, you. yeah. Like the little guts and the ribs and everything, I was pretty pumped on. Oh, yeah, dude. You yeah. nailed that. Thank you. Is yeah, the, I won't uh, be background in still wet? Yeah. No, it's not. It's just gloss coloring. That's all spray ah. paint that I put into a cup. And I, then I, I saw a little bit of a reflection and I was like, wait, is he using metallics? <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be pretty yeah. fucking yeah. wild, honestly. Cool. And let's go over to you, Amber. Hi, my name is Amber Morgan. You can find me at Luxury Tattoos and Permanent Cosmetics in Egg Harbor City, New Jersey, and on all social media sites under Amber Morgan. 
wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's always a Thank pleasure to have you on here. Anytime, anytime. And I'll spotlight myself. Uh, so thanks everyone for joining us today. Uh, this has been another episode of Skill Building Sunday with me, Jason Leeser, uh, here on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Uh, it's been a pleasure. If you like today's episode, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page. Um, and hopefully we get to see you guys again next week. So thank you very much for everything. And uh, until next week, you know, keep those hands moving, keep everything going, and uh, keep making art. Cheers. Have a good week. You too.